Good afternoon and welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. Along the way, we'll give you knowledge and tools to make your company successful, whether or not you're just starting out or you've been around for a while. If you're a small business, and we define that as from 1 to 25 employees, we can help you and have fun doing it. I'm here today with my longtime business partner, Adam Sunholder. Hello, Adam. Hello, Jack. Good afternoon. Happy, uh, happy day after Easter Monday, right? It's a very beautiful spring day here. We've had a good run which makes everything seem even better, too. And we have, like you said, we have a lot of fun here talking about our small business stories, successes, sometimes challenges, but they're all a lot of fun and interesting. And uh, what's fun about this, too, is we have these stories that come up. We've got a, a wealth to choose from, um, not only from our 15 years together, but even before that, too. But uh, we have new ones that come up all the time. Um, but some stand the test of time as well. And when we talk about the small, we're talking about companies typically anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. That's right. And uh, what we do is we help the, the owners of those companies, we like to say, get unstuck from that state of how. Where's that how come from, Jack? Remember we first thought about that years ago? Yeah, never, never ending. I mean, the, the how questions, we just realized that people were always asking, how do I do this? How do I start a marketing plan? How do I hire a good person how do i read my financial statements endless so we help small business owners get unstuck from that state of how yeah a lot of those phrases of i want to do x or y but i'm not sure how i'm not sure how to start i'm not sure how to how to take the next step i'm not sure how you know we kept kept hearing that over and over and over again and if you are an owner of a small company or if you work for a small company Keep your ears open and listen for that. You'll you'll hear, I guarantee you this week, you'll hear how a lot. And you'll find yourself saying it a number of times a day. You know, how the heck did he do that or she do that? That's another, I mean, the how questions can be phrased for anything, and they are. So it's not atypical. Um, even though most people feel, or especially if you're an owner, you feel like you have a need to have all the answers, and people will come to you with questions, and it's often the first time maybe you're facing whatever this you know this issue might be so you do your best even though you're not sure how to do it you say that you, you'll make some sort of decision okay. think there, you think there's any listeners out there that have a couple of how questions on them I hope so if they, if they can join us that'd be great we always welcome you to be part of the show uh, we're here every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. that's going to be this week and next week and then starting uh, in May we're gonna be heading over to the prime time we're gonna be moving to 7:30 p.m. on Wednesdays um, but if you're listening live today or you're going to get uh, get a hold of us here in the next two weeks, you can reach us here from Mondays from noon to 1 p.m. And the, the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. Uh, if you prefer to email questions, then you can do that as well through radio at MaximumVP.com or hit up our website at MaximumVP.com forward slash how. If you have a how question you'd like to kind of pose here of things you've been maybe struggling with or that has come up that you just can't seem to quite crack the code on what to kind of do next there. A lot of ways to get hold of us. There are. There are. We prefer to have people calling in live if we can. It's a big part of what we're trying to do. And so, again, if you get us, if you're hearing this now and, and, and we're into May, uh, May, it's going to be Wednesday evening from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. You can reach us in the studio live as well. We'd love to have you do that. Um, now, chances are very high that, that y the question that you have, the how question that you have, we've 
we've probably answered successfully to a number of clients. You aren't alone. Your questions are rarely the very first question that we've ever heard in our life. Quite the contrary. We've heard probably your question many times. I can give you some quick advice to frame it and have some fun while we're doing it. So we have a number of how questions we always kind of bat around, and I have one that's been kind of kind of poking at me here the last week or so, Jack. I've heard a lot about this, and um, I don't know if you got a how question. I know you probably do as well. But let me throw this one out here to get things kind of rolling. And if you're an, an owner, if you have what people would often refer to as a good problem, and that good problem would be you're turning away business or you're not able to quite get to all the business or the, the, to get all the quotes done on, on potential business. And the question we'll often ask from that standpoint is, how do you set your selling price? If all of a sudden you're so overwhelmed with business and you've got a huge influx of business, how do you set your selling price? And you should you just look up your competition and copy what they do, less 2%? <laughs> That's one of the answers. I was thinking as I was pondering this question, Jack, I was trying to think of uh, almost a family feud type approach to this. Uh, we, we could probably do this for, for, for most of our how questions, right? Which is... <laughs> Yeah, here's the here are the top three, four, five, six answers that we that that, that we tend to get. Right? We could that. we could predict them too. Do a, a Karnak, you know, yeah. Karnak. If if those out there can remember <laughs> Johnny Carson and his Karnak routine, where where he'd have the que- he'd have the question he'd have the question pre-answered, and it, it was a lot of fun. The whole thing was a lot of fun. I was, I was actually <laughs> using that last week. <laughs> We're having some elections for our, for our, for our PTU and. People put in, send in their, their ballots through the ma- through, through through the mail, right? And they had envelopes. So I, I took it, I took it, and I go, and I said, "This is so and so's name, right?" Put it to your head. And I opened it up, and it, and it was the person. They said, "How'd you do that?" I said, oh, "Let me try it again." I did it again, <laughs> twice <laughs> in a row. I said, "That's it." I said, "Yeah, that's my that, that's my Karnak impression for the day." But uh, yeah, we uh, we'll hear we'll hear a lot of the same responses, right? So so one of the top five for sure is going to be, well, I look at my competition, and I price based on my competition, and that can be okay, and it's good to know what your competitors are, are charging, at least to, to be aware of it. Um, but if that's your sole purpose or your sole way of doing it, and if you do what Jack's suggesting, which is I take that price and I, I discount it a bit, that is a very, very <laughs> slippery slope, especially for a smaller company. Now, if you have some, some bigger volumes and some abilities to... Um, negotiate with some of your vendors and get and get better terms like some of the big boys like a Walmart per se that, that they, they try to talk about being the lowest price okay that's one strategy for a big guy for a small guy to be the lowest priced person as far as we can tell that's a going out of business curve absolutely it uh, might might have a temporary marketing advantage to your to you but ultimately that's that's not the way to do it and well so how do you set selling price Adam? Well, that's how, one do you, of, how do you do that? That's that's one of the most popular ways to do that's it. That's the way. That's a sub how question of how do you set selling price. Now you're gonna. <laughs> <that> w- <laughs> We're not going back to this again, are we? Yeah, no, I think so. It gets all these how questions get. Uh, <laughs> you have to have subcategories of how questions. But yeah, go on. Well, so how do you set selling? I know you know how to set selling price. 
I don't know. I'll try to get some of the common the common answers. This is a good <laughs> this is a good path to go on, Jack. So, so the, probably, I would say probably the top answer is that hey, I'm, I'm looking at what my competition charges. I'm I'm pricing based on that. It may be a discount to that, or maybe a little premium, but it's usually that's kind of the bogey. That's probably the right answer that for the subject we're talking about, but it's the wrong answer for how to do for it. setting the selling price so, the correct way. And the reason why that's the case is you know if you look at your your competition, their costs and the way that that they do things might be very different from you. I can give you a very simple example. We've got a client that does landscaping, and they've got quite a bit of investment in technology, quite a bit of investment in team and staff and, and equipment. Now, if they look at some competition, and again, it depends on how you, how you define competition, but if it's anybody who's doing any kind of landscaping work, well, I might have a couple of guys who are, you know, a couple of guys in a truck that have no overhead, no investment in technology, no, no people on staff, no, no administrative staff, nothing, no website, just a couple of guys in a truck. Pretty cheap. Okay, so if you view them as competition and you're going to price based on them, well, you might be able to under undercut their price, but chances are they can probably undercut your price again. And what will happen is you'll get on, a, a again, that, 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 that going out of business curve. So you want to understand your costs. Ooh, now that's a pretty tough subject. It's easy to say, but very difficult to do. You know, having a degree in accounting, I remember those those years of uh, going through all the various accounting courses, and cost accounting was probably the the least liked and least taken. Although you had to take it, you had a, a lot. You had choices within the accounting choices. You know, you didn't have to take cost accounting. So since you didn't have to take it, most people didn't. And today, there are not a lot of people who understand costs. Uh, costs can get confused with expenses and costs are vital to being able to set your selling price correctly. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that even accountants didn't like the cost accounting courses? Oh, right? my God, yes. How bad How bad, bad did it have to be? <laughs> Again, because most accountants like accounting courses. So, <laughs> so they even they didn't want to, you know, it's okay. So you actually had no non-accountants I'll, taking I'll, the, I'll speak. The I'll speak certainly course. for myself. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cost accounting is... is uh, it's difficult. It's difficult because it's not widely used and discussed. Big corporations, for sure, but little companies, uh-uh. They don't, they don't understand costs. So, you know, a, a landscaping company, we're going to look to see material, labor, and overhead and defining those categories. Material, okay, there's difficulty with that when you do or do not have inventory. And overhead, that can be the monster. How do you allocate all kinds of crazy uh, expenses that, that are incurred? Labor is probably the easiest one to figure out. So you have those three components that make up your cost, but just adding them up with some total, you've you got to do some analysis, and that's where it breaks down. Yeah, it's, it's rare that we talk to an owner that says, hey, yeah, I've been losing money on jobs. Right? Usually it's, hey, I've been making money on these jobs. Every job we do, we make money on. Yet, if I look at the overall company, they might not be making the money that they think that they're making. I mean, they may actually be losing money. That's right. right. So, so, but I, but I understand my cost, Jack. I mean, hey, I'm paying my, my vendor X this, my vendor Y that, or I'm paying my my uh, my labor force this, and I'm making money in all my jobs. How am I? I'm gonna get to another how question. How, how am I all of a sudden <laughs> losing money when I'm uh, when I'm doing stuff here? So, all right, stick around. When we come back. What we'll do is we'll, we'll delve into this a little bit in terms of how to better understand your costs when it comes to setting your selling price. And for those of you who are having the issue right now of 
turning away business. This might be very, very important hey, for that's you. That's where we started. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. So I'll bring us back. Don't worry. So okay. stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We are business coaches, and we help small business owners get unstuck from all those how questions. And we have a lot of fun doing it. A glimpse of Rita filling in the ticket in a little white book. In a cat, she looked much older. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies, that's defined as 1 to 25 employees, get unstuck from the state of how. The heck does that mean? Well, we're, we're stuck on a how question right now that we're playing around with, and we're going to enter a couple more. So how questions are, are what comes to mind when you're running your business on a day-to-day. And we have experienced thousands successfully answered and framed how questions. And we're messing around with a couple more today. What are we talking about today, Adam? That's right. So right now we've been chatting about if you have that quote-unquote good problem, which is you're turning away business, which is so counter to every entrepreneur and business owner out there. They hate turning away business, you know, just missing it, you know, almost at, at any cost. The fact that I have to say no to somebody or I can't get to it in time, it just, it's, it's something that keeps them awake at night and drives them absolutely bonkers. Okay? Well, that, that comes from the simple analysis that, that all we need are more sales to get out of uh, our hole, whatever that hole might be. And they, they've so indoctrinated themselves with sales will cure all that it can become a problem, especially if you're faced with having to turn away some business. So what does that mean? What's the answer? Well, so what that led us to the how question was, how do you set your selling price? And we started talking about some of the the top ways to do that. And if you have a way that you like to set your selling price, we'd love to hear from you if you have another how question. But this is the one we're kind of focused on right now. You can reach us here in the studio at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946. 946-W-I-N-T. If you want to share, again, how do you set your selling price? Because what we find with most folks that they do it, as Jack mentioned in, in the first segment, they often will look at their competition as the one or the, certainly the primary factor for setting selling price. So whether they you know, discount off of that or they, or they increase off of that, whatever it might be, the, 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 the competition is usually the top way to go, go about doing that. But to Jack's point, too, is if people constantly are chasing sales at uh, almost any cost, well, Good profitable sales are good, but you can if you, you keep on know. getting non profitable sales, you're losing money on it. You gotta know if they're profitable, right? right? You're not gonna make that up in volume, right? As, as the old saying goes. So we gotta understand our costs. So we touched on that a little bit and Jack was mentioning how believe it or not, even accountants don't like cost accounting courses, but yeah, you, know, you don't need you don't need to be a cost accountant here to understand what's going on. But from a, uh, the overall standpoint of understanding three components, which is material, labor, and overhead. So the material part, depending on what your job is or what your what your business is. So we were given an example before about a landscaping company. Mm-hmm. It could be true if you've got an HVAC company, if you've got um, a technology company, whatever you've got. You have certain material costs that you they, that you have to provide for your for your business. Well, it's so easy for me to find out. I just go look at my purchase orders, and if I'm paying a buck a, a pound for mulch or whatever I'm paying, I can just look that up, and now I know my material costs. But then you got to say, wait a minute. You didn't use all those material costs. They went into inventory. Yes. Now what does that mean? Maybe they went into inventory. Since so many people don't know how, another how question, how to read their financial statements, they don't often get into inventory, yet it's very important. 
Right. So if you buy a bunch of a bunch of material and it's sitting in your yard and the season ends and it's going to carry over to next year, how the heck do you figure that into part of your costs to set your selling price? And you you want to know your cost and mark it up with some desired percentage, and then then you compete in the marketplace. Then you look at your competition. If you're way out of whack with your cost and your suggested selling price, that's a going out of business curve as well because you're not going to get net too much business in a very competitive area. So you can get sales at a real low price and lose money, or you can get no sales at all and have and lose money. Those There's are good choices. Money, Those right? are good choices, aren't they? <laughs> I think probably one, one of the prime examples of this where you know this goes way back when you know, kind of almost back to our to our beginnings where we we'd met a company. Um, the owner had just bought the company when we when we met him. It was probably maybe a year into it or so. And the company manufactured wood boxes. <laughs> remember this guy, Jack? I know you I do. do. I do remember so that one very here, well. Here's what happened. So sh to keep the story relatively short, the, 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 and how it relates to the selling price, this guy had bought the company. The company had been very consistent year over year over year. They had one pretty sizable customer who was actually, and this is part of what this, the, this new buyer missed during the diligence process. He's actually, this the customer of his was building their own box manufacturing plant next to their main plant because they bought so many boxes from this company. They wanted to make it, th make it themselves. So what was happening was that this customer is such a big part of their business. It was probably half their business, maybe 40% of their business. They had a lot of scrap as part of doing work for this big customer. And so when they would go to set their selling price for other customers, well, they had no material cost to it. They had this leftover scrap that they were so using. So they'd pay for a big piece and that piece would be cut up put into the job but there'd be a lot of leftover stuff leftover pieces of wood so they were able to be very competitive and 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 to get some new customers because hey if you're not charging me for material I mean, again this is this is wood boxes so if all of a sudden you're not charging me for the wood which is the primary <laughs> primary component of the wood boxes you can be pretty darn competitive from a price standpoint so what happened was that pretty quickly after this this guy bought the company that big customer left and not only did he lose that big customer but there all of a sudden there's another probably third of the business, maybe a quarter of the business, that was a lot of these smaller guys that were benefiting from the scrap with no material cost. Well, as you can imagine, that once you started to price in the material cost, you know, the price went from, let's say, 13 bucks for a box to put your put your mugs in, and also now it's going to, 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 to $39. Now I've tripled the price because I have my I have, I have material in there. I can't, I can't you know, I, I can't even go buy the wood for 13 bucks, Jack, you know, but here, because you know, I was giving so it to how you. So how do you spread that? How do you take care of that? So what he did is he wound up losing pretty much all his customers. Because <laughs> right? they said, well, I'm not going to pay you 39 bucks for the box. I was paying you last month 13 bucks. Well, we, met, we met him through, uh, through when he was getting his company auctioned off because <laughs> he, yeah, he, he ended he was, up folding the tent. He, yeah. lost, he lost so bad. And he lost quickly, very bad. There are a whole, but it's, whole bunch of different mistakes that... Uh, we can have how questions for another day. It's all right, but as we're talking, it helps me. Uh, I think helps make that point in terms of setting selling price. And how important that's going to be. Where again, I think the prior owner was looking at the market and said, "I can undercut the market and give these guys a great deal," and but they weren't really the right kind of customers for them because they weren't willing to pay a profitable amount for the you know for, for that product. And once it was it was priced at that at that level. Now whether he was charging thirty nine was right. Again, we, we came in a little bit late, but again, makes the point. If you aren't if you don't know your costs. So this guy should never have g given zero as the cost for the material. He should have maybe, maybe he could have given a little discount to it because he, he, he had some flexibility there versus maybe his competition 
that was a competitive advantage for him. But to go to zero is absolutely crazy. You know, what's the statistics on small businesses? How many don't make it after two years? 50%, 60 some number like by, that? Yeah, by five years, if you, you see a lot of common stats, whether it be from the SBA or other things out there, but about half give up after about five years. And so a good number of those people really give up on their business and have to give up on their business because they don't understand their costs. They don't understand how they come together and are applied to different jobs or different products or services. They don't know how to do it. And because they don't know how to do it, their profitability suffers, and the only way they're going to find out why it suffers, and it's not a simple just raise your prices, uh, it might be, but you're probably doing some things and allocating some things that shouldn't be done. It gets complex. That's what I was saying before. That's why nobody likes cost accounting. It's a pain in the budinsky. Right. So we're going to avoid the cost accounting discussions, but make sure that you're very clear in what you're trying to do. So when we come back from our, our break, we'll dig in a little bit more in terms of I think most people understand their, their material and their labor. That's a big piece. You've got to make sure you have, you have that right, first of all. But then the overhead part of that, which is some of the other costs that are there that should be allocated out to your you know, to your jobs. And I also want to touch on something that Jackie briefly touched on, which was a markup. And I want to discuss a very common mistake, okay, which is margins versus markups, okay? And we'll get into that <laughs> here in a little bit you know, when we come back from the break as well. But uh, okay. stay tuned. If you're, if you're, again, if you're turning away business, this, this, this is the show for you how to set your selling prices properly. I'm That's Adam right. Sonalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. As we say, we're business coaches because that's what we are. <laughs> that's <laughs> why we say it. And we can help you get unstuck from all those hard questions in your business. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck. Adam, we help them get unstuck. We've done it thousands of times. Get unstuck from a state of how. All those how questions that you, you generate every day, you and your employees, we've been through them, and we can help you frame them and get them underway. Yes, we can, and uh, what we've been talking about today is it's really focused on the folks who are having trouble with getting to all the business that the, that's coming their way, and they're having to turn away business, which absolutely drives you nuts, and it led to our question about how do you set selling price? And we've talked in the first couple of segments about competition and, and how you start to use some of that, but how that can be very dangerous as well. And what we talked about, too, is, is uh, we mentioned about margin versus market, which I want to get into and give, a, you know, give an example here. Uh, but uh, understanding your true your, your true cost of, of, of running your running your business and and being able to price your product based on that, so you can make sure that, that you're going to be making profits. So, if you want to join the conversation, if you'd like to share how you set your selling price, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. You can get us here. We're live in the studios from noon to one. Four four zero nine four six nine four six eight. Again, four four zero nine four six W I N T. I mentioned in the first half, and I'll mention it here again now, just uh, so you know, this is our, our next to last Monday show. We're going to be moving, uh, starting in May, to prime time, and we're moving to Wednesdays. So we'll no longer be Mondays from noon to 1. That'll be just this week and next week. But come, come Wednesday, May 3rd, we're going to be moving to prime time, 7.30 at 8.30 p.m. Um, so you can get us uh, live in the studio that time as well. So we were, we were talking about how do you set selling price? How do you... How do you turn business away? Two how questions inter intermingled there. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting more business than than I can handle. 
Well, if you know how to set your selling price, and we'll get more into this, Adam. Adam, we'll give you some insight here. Um, if you know how to sell your selling or set your selling price, you can turn business away in a very profitable way. Sure. And you're going to do it by raising your selling price. And all of a sudden, you're going to hit a point where people don't want to pay the price that you're asking. But that's okay. That's the best way to turn business away. That's a, gr that's a great first step. If you're under that kind of pressure, take your prices and, and raise them by 10%. Pick a number. Just raise your prices. Because guess what? People will still pay that extra 10%. Some won't, to, 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 to your point, Jack, but a lot still will. And all of a sudden, you've now just increased your profitability. Because your costs haven't gone up, you just decide to raise your prices. Nothing better. The, the, the best and easiest road to profitability, unquestioned is to be able to raise your prices. You're sound None like, better. You sound like Bill Clinton from back in the 90s, Jack. When he's, he, he shared that story before <laughs> I know on this show about the, the, the pizza, pizza shop owner. Right. Just, yeah. just raise your prices, Mr. That's pizza shop owner. That's all you had owner. to do. Yeah, let's raise your prices. The guy looked totally astounded. So so Jack and I are, are aware that's not always a possibility, okay? And we're very realistic that way. But we're saying, hey, if you're that buried in what's kind of going on, hey, raise your prices. And that, uh, that, that can be a good short-term while you're starting to gather a little more data and, and understanding what your true costs are to kind of see what's going on. So there's three big components to your cost. Your, your material, we were discussing that you know, a little bit in our prior, uh, prior segment here. The labor piece, and then overhead. So the labor piece, uh, you know, as long as you're tracking hours, that's something that, that people often have to do is track people's hours at, you know, towards particular jobs. I think most people are, do a decent job of that, but you've you got to understand that the people's time gets kind of and with, with payroll, with payroll systems so pretty well automated, that that's easy to do. It's just the discipline of having your guys uh, or women, whoever it may be, you know, recording record it. their time, buy some project, buy department basis, whatever, whatever it's going to be, some logical gathering spot to gather those hours. So those are pretty tend to be you know, more straightforward, I would say, Jack, in our experience, when people can usually get, get their arms around it pretty quickly. I think where they usually get lost or get stuck or have some trouble is more with the overhead piece of that, I which agree. is kind of the other, well, we, the other we should, costs. We should say, too, that, that uh, if you're a service kind of company, a uh, consultant of sorts, uh, you aren't going to, in all likelihood, have any material costs here. So you'll be wrestling yeah, with, be very with little, some type yeah, of overhead and, and, uh, and wages. Labor, right. Yeah. So the, the, the overhead stuff is really all the other expenses that, that tend to be there, whether you're doing business or not. As we were, as we're uh, joking a little bit in the, in the last segment, you, know, you can reduce your prices and lose money, or you can raise your prices to the point that nobody buys from you, and you can lose money that way too, right? You have certain costs that are there. So you, have, you may have certain people who are on salary. You may have rent costs, utility costs, insurance costs. There are certain costs that, that you kind of have just to kind of be open for business, okay? And so those costs are part of what should also be priced into your selling price. See, people, most people, get, miss. people get all confused when you start talking about fixed cost, variable cost. Uh, what, what, do, what do those mean? You know, indirect cost, direct cost. What do those no, mean? That's going, why your head starts going, to spin. We're going on a cost accounting role. We're not going to do I know. I, wanted, I want people to get that head spin. We could so find that. a show that nobody listens to, Jack. It'd be cost accounting, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> brought to you by MVP. People are like, wait, it's a snoozer. Even the, even the uh, accountants uh, won't talk. Well, that's right. Nobody wants to hear that, that, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so looking at, again, keep it, uh, you know, to your point, Jack, I think kind of fixed versus variable. I think that's a pretty, uh, it's an easier concept to understand. So, again, those fixed costs are yeah, cost Yeah, if you got pay. a rent payment every month at the same amount, and, uh, you know, every, every year you, you 
increase it or negotiate it, sure, that's a fixed cost. Yeah, we don't find too many folks that have rents where the, 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 the landlords say, hey, Jack, depending how your, your company's doing, I'll increase or decrease the, the, you know, your rent expense based on, based on your revenue, right? So if you're having a bad month, I'll decrease your revenue. If you have that kind of uh, deal with your landlord, we, we, we'd love to hear about you. Now, those of you who own your own, bu- your, your own building don't count, okay? But if you have a third party that you're renting from, Who's willing to do that for you? We'd love to hear about that because we don't hear that. We'd like to hear those stories. Yeah, that's, that's right. A, that, 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 that'd be a great story. Or the same thing's true for your insurance company, whether it be your health insurance or, or your 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 your, your E and O insurance, whatever it might be. Those folks again aren't going to reduce what you're paying them, whether it be month to month or annually, based on um, you're not having such such a good month or 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 good year. So those costs are pretty much fixed. They're they're part of being able to do business. So it's key to understand how do you sort of kind of price that out. So if, if you have a, um, usually people look in terms of how many hours are put towards a job, how much time is put towards a job. If you're able to, to, to take all those costs in a big bucket and divide them by your your, your forecasted hours. Let's say you've got five forecasted people. Forecasted hours? Yeah. How let do me, I forecast my let hours? Me give, let me give a simple example, right? So let's say you've got five, five, five people and, and, and you're paying them salaries no matter whether they're working or not. And maybe they're more on the administrative front, so they aren't necessarily billing out. So there, there's, you know, you got five people that that, that are, are going to be working full time for you. That's about ten thousand hours, right? A couple thousand hours per year. Uh, for we can't get into great detail here in the radio, unfortunately. You know, but if if people, let's assume that, that those are all pretty much productive hours, you know, aside from a couple weeks vacation. You know, you got ten thousand hours that you want to be able to distribute, right? So they have cost those people. You know, and if they're each, let's say they're each. $40,000 people, right? That's a couple hundred thousand bucks, Jack, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to distribute that over those hours that, that, that people are actually working and billing. That's a couple so hundred wait, thousand so bucks. So let me try this. So you got the worker bees, the people who are actually doing the work, as they like to say. Correct. Uh, you know, using the wrenches, hitting the hammers, doing whatever, driving the trucks. Okay, to get the sales, to, to be in a position to get the sales. So those people, those people are... What you're calling direct labor? Direct labor, yeah. And the people sitting yeah. in the office uh, playing Pokemon Go and doing that other stuff. <laughs> That's right. They're the ones who we have to figure out how to take their costs and apply it to the product. And, and the way to do that is to take the worker bees and look at their hours and increase them by some factor for the people who are not productive. Increasing, yeah, so increasing the, w- the the price that you charge. You're increasing the, the, the worker bees' working hours. You're taking their working hours and using those work build hours, dividing it, you know, dividing it into the cost and of your... And this is all, all with the quest of figuring out what the overhead is yeah. in our product cost to determine selling price. That's correct. Wow, it starts to get layered there pretty quick, doesn't it? And that's where people usually get stuck or stopped, and that explains a lot why, again, if... Hey, I'm making money on all my jobs. Usually that means I've covered my material costs and my labor costs. Maybe, but yes. Yeah, that, that's, Let's yeah. assume that most people are doing that one when they say that statement. Right. Usually they, 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 where they get stuck is or they, they, they miss out is on that, that overhead, that fixed cost piece of it that's going to be there no matter what. They aren't, and I don't use that term contribution margin, but they aren't contributing enough to, 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 to cover that, you know, that fixed expense. So they got to make sure that they're pricing that in. So if all of a sudden, hey, I've got my guys and... And I want a certain a certain margin. I'll get into that here here in a second too. The, the idea of margin versus markup. But let's say you know my guys are averaging you know 20 bucks an hour, right? And I want to be able to make five bucks an hour on those guys. I'll charge 25 <laughs> bucks, right? 
Well, that's getting tough, Adam. That's it's getting okay. tough. Yeah, but you got it's important for people to understand and this is you know what we encourage people to do is that, that you know, this is a good time of year to talk to talk to whether it be CPAs or other folks, but to get a better sense of what's going on from your cost standpoint. Because you got to understand your true costs. Material labor, depending on your business, might be a big part of that, or the, or the biggest part. It's kind of like true confessions, and there's untrue costs, and there's true costs. Well, again, they're, they're direct, and they're easiest to see, right? <laughs> but those guys, those worker Wait, bees, see, as see, you're calling see, them. See, Hold how, on. So see how complex I know. this gets so fast? So those worker bees, as you're calling them, often will look at the folks who aren't the worker bees and, and be you know, scoffing at them, right? Well, but those non-quote-unquote worker bees, they're working because <laughs> of what they're doing. What they, they're sending out invoices and billing. They're collecting money. They're, you know, they're helping to find additional work for the worker bees to do. So it's, there's work being done, but it may not, people need to bill for that. And that's where, the, the, again, setting the pricing properly. Right? Boy, I'm confused, but I'm not going to get into why. I don't want a why question right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, add whys to hows. But you have to have a very clear understanding of uh, not only your material and labor but your overhead or your fixed costs. So that's a good homework assignment for those of you kind of listeners. Try to dig into that a little bit. Understand what fixed costs do you have that need to be that, that need to be part of your selling price to be able to be priced into it. So well, unless you're an IT guy working in in her basement somewhere, uh, you know the, <laughs> the costs are pretty easy in that situation. All right. So stick stick around. When we come back from the break. I want to talk about margin versus markup. This is another common challenge people have, or, or will will make missteps when it comes to, to setting selling price. So stay okay. tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter, and I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We are business coaches, and we help owners of small companies defined as 1 to 25 employees get unstuck from a state of how. We've had great success with this stuff. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from that state of how. We love helping small business owners get unstuck, and we've done it thousands of times, thousands, with success. And we just get better as the years go by. Yes, we have, and yes, we do. <laughs> All right. So we've been talking about today is we talk about how to set selling price, and especially for those of you who are having to do what most owners hate to do, which is turn away business. We talk about how to set selling price, and I want to we want to kind of bring it way back up again. We kind of delved in the weeds a little bit, and we're going to kind of bring it back up here for our last segment and talk about a couple things. Um, first of all, I want to talk about margin versus markup. Oh boy! All right. Now this is a this is a, a discussion we have a lot with our clients, and it's amazing how often people, again, with the, with the best of intentions, will misprice things. Okay. So coming back to our, some of our earlier discussions, we talked about making sure you understand what your true costs are. So we're going to give the assumption that you've gotten to that point now. Okay. So you understand where your true cost is going to be. So most people think about it this way. So let me get you very simple math, Jack. Right. If all of a sudden you're pricing <laughs> your product at, at ten dollars. Okay. okay. And you know that your total cost for that product or service are $6. Okay. So I have a profit of $4. Okay. All right. Very easy math. That's 40% <coughs> margin, right? That's my desired margin. If, if my desired margin is 40%, I've nailed it. Gotcha. Right? Okay. I've, earned, I've earned $4 of profit on $10 in sales. 40%, right? Now, what often happens is we talk to people about this stuff. They'll get through and they'll say, hey, I understand my, my, uh, my cost. My cost is at $6, right? So what they will do often <laughs> is they will mark that up by 40%. They'll just multiply it rather than right. divide. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll say, okay, let me take that 6 and I'll multiply it by 1.4. Right. 
get my 40% margin, right? 40%, that's right. So let's do a little math, folks. If you've got a calculator handy, you know, and if you have your smartphones, there's, there's usually a calculator there. If I take 6, multiply by 1.4, I get 8.4. That'd wait be my minute. price. That's not what... Yeah. All right. Okay. So if I have 8.4, and if I take out the 6 as my cost, I have 2.4 in profit, right? So 2.4 divided by 8.4 is not 40% that I was hoping to get. Actually, it's 29%. That's right. People make a huge, huge mistake by multiplying. That It's, it's amazing. Uh, I understand perfectly. So we have, again, and w <coughs> there, there, a lot of clients we've had this discussion. So, wait, very so discussion what, should they, what should they have done? So what they <laughs> should be doing, again, is to get the margin. You want to divide by... Divide what? So if, I, if my cost is 6, so You're instead right. of multiplying by 1.4, I want to divide by 1 minus that point for my desired margin, or, or divide by the point 0.6. All right? You know what this sounds like? What? <laughs> no, keep going. I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. Go on. Okay. So if I divide by the point 0.6, that, that gets me to my 10 that I was looking for. It gives my 40% margin. I get my $4, my $4 profit on $10 in selling price. But again, it's a common error. I guarantee you, half the people listening here, go back and look how you're setting your price. Where you think that you have the margin a certain way, I guarantee you're doing markups. And you're, 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 you're kidding yourself thinking, hey, I got that 40% margin, when really you're doing a 40% markup. I would agree. And with your you. margins are a lot lower than that. I would so agree, Adam. Just by doing it properly. So instead of multiplying by one plus the margin you're desiring, you've got to divide by one minus the margin you're desiring. Okay. And markup versus margin is a very, very key thing. That's one of the things I want people to take away from here is, is look at how you're setting your price that way. Are you doing it based on the margin you're desiring or are you doing it based on a markup? How many advisors to small business owners get that kind of advice? 10%? Most of the advisors don't know it themselves. Many do, but they don't think of educating their clients, the small business owners, on what is a fundamental calculation profitability so why is that there's a why question that's well, <laughs> we're sneaking those in it, it, most people aren't digging into it you know and so again this comes back to, our, to some of the earlier comments you said hey I, I know I'm making money on all my jobs Jack I'm making 40% on all my jobs Jack <laughs> well, wait a minute I just showed you you're making 29% in this job instead of 40% 11% a pretty big pretty big number wouldn't you wouldn't you agree I would agree that's if, a big deal and if you're like many of our clients you know most of our clients are somewhere in the the one to two million dollar range in terms of sales. Mm -hmm. Well, 11% of a million bucks, that's 110,000 bucks, Jack. That's a lot of money. That's some real and money to be playing I, with, right? I would agree with okay. you, 100%, Adam. So, understanding how to set your selling price, understanding your costs is very, very important. Understand your desired margins, understand how these percentages work, you know, to run, in, run your business profitably. You, you have to understand those. Well, you don't have to, but so many small companies don't make it for that kind of reason. They just don't understand what is relatively easy and put it in practice. Just don't do it. That's right. You know what this talk has been reminding me of? The What's Saturday that? Night Live skit around Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> when they were talking about a, a bakery who was making making products, talking <laughs> about the shvetty balls and... <laughs> Alec, uh, Alec Baldwin, huh? Yeah. yeah. Alec Baldwin. And it was <laughs> the, the calm the calm presentation of the public broadcasting announcer 
talking about stuff that got totally out of control. It was a lot of fun. That's what we do. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, we do. And, again, if you're digging in or you have somebody helping you dig into your numbers, you'll figure out if these things are being done properly or not. That's and help right. make sense of it. And, you know, so margin versus markup is one of the key takeaways from today's, today's discussion. Well, this all started with, you know, we're, we're, how, do you, how do you successfully turn away business? You're at a point where your, your volume of business is growing so fast, it's almost becoming overwhelming. So how do you turn this away? So how do we put this in a nutshell? Whatever a nutshell is. That's okay. That's the other second key takeaway from today, which is raise your prices. Just raise your prices. Oh, wait, now that sounds like Bill Clinton. I know. We'll come back to it. That's right. But uh, we'll start there. Okay. Because uh, if you're that o overwhelmed with, with demand, a 5 10 15% increase in your prices will chase away some of that demand, but certainly not all that demand. And what you'll find is if you do that, Jack, you'll probably increase your margins. I would, I would agree. There's no better way, no better way to make profits than by raising your selling prices. No better way. So if you can do this and understand your cost, and now you have the best of two worlds, you can reduce some costs, probably through some efficiencies, not by whacking people, you know. Uh, you don't need that if you've got a huge demand. You're probably going to have to go just the opposite. That's right. But you can do it in an efficient, controlled way if you're a planner. All right, so if you're one of those owners who's, who's been blessed by that recent good problem of having way too much demand for your business, start with raising your prices. Pick a number. could be 5%. could be 10%. could be 15%. Pick a number to raise your prices by, first of all. What that'll do is that'll buy you some time to start to investigate your pricing and understand what your costs are from, your, from, from the cost standpoint. But you and I know that small business owners are often afraid to do things like that or raise their prices. They are. They are. They're, they're, they're going to chase customers away forever, and they're going to fall off the cliff in three months on all these horror stories. It doesn't work like that. I know. It's the same issue that retail folks have with not being open 24-7. I'm going to miss that one customer. Okay, well, yeah, you're right. You're, you're going to miss some of those customers, but it's okay. It's okay. You want the right kind of customers that are going to be good for you. They're going to be profitable for you as well. Um, yeah, calm down. Calm down. It's okay. Right. <laughs> you, you can miss this one. They'll come back tomorrow if need be. That's right. Unless your prices are too high. Then <laughs> 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 you don't want them back. Right. Uh, you do in some form or another. So, yeah, if you're blessed with that problem of having, having too much demand, look at raising your prices to help chase away some of that business to give you some chance to really investigate your cost and truly set your, sell your selling price properly. Based on your true cost, a true setting your margins properly versus just marking things up and be able to, to add some calm and clarity to your business. You don't need to be a cost accountant to do this. You might need a little bit of help from an accountant or somebody who understands the numbers, whether it be your CPA. If you have a coach who's pretty good with that stuff too, that'd be a good idea. Uh, but understanding it and truly studying it that way is a very, very important thing to do. So I want to thank you again for joining us today on our, our next to last Monday edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Again, keep in mind in a couple weeks uh, when, when May comes, we're, we're moving to prime time. Wednesdays at 7:30 p.m. But next week will be our will be our final Monday show at from noon to one. So we'd love to have you be able to join us then when we're back here next Monday. Okay, you know we we have been doing this. We being Adam and I, business coaching for 15 years, and we have had tremendous success. We'd love to add you to the pot. That's right. So learn more dirty secrets of small business again next Monday at noon. Thanks for listening on Integrity Radio. 
WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.